Welcome to the ReChurch Podcast. This is Tyler Armstrong, the student pastor at 12th Street Baptist Church in Rambosity, Alabama, with our lead pastor, Thomas Winborn. We are asking the question, how can we become the church that Jesus intended? What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Coming to you live from the Thomas Winborn's office. I'm here with... Thomas Winborn, what's up, man? How you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. How you doing, bro? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm tired, you know. Like I yeah. just, I just feel tired. I, I just tired. Have you been working out like you were for a while? Um, not as much as I'd like to. What um, about the eating part of it? Um, definitely not eating as well as I should yeah. have. Yeah, you know. And on top of that, man, like school is still just dragging. Like I'm. I told somebody the other day, I feel, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and I think it's a train. Like, you know, like, that's... <laughs> it's going much slower than you thought yeah, it was. Dude, though. man, it's just dragging, dude. And, I mean, I'm almost there. Like, I'm almost there. I got three more, well, at this point right now, two more weeks of Hebrew. And so... Well, two more weeks of Hebrew one. One, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> I told Thomas the other day, man, like, I, I thought this was a 14-week course, because all my Greek classes, it's actually a 15-week course. So as soon as I finish my Hebrew final, I have three days off, and then Hebrew two starts. And so uh, December the tenth cannot come quicker. So yeah, it's good. But maybe maybe Jesus will come back before then. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, Even better. <laughs> but <laughs> the tenth will feel like it's never gonna get here, and when it does, it's gonna fly by real fast. Yeah, and then once it gets here, man, guess what's gonna happen? I don't know what I'm gonna do. You're gonna sleep. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do. I I told Ryan I said, I said when January starts, I genuinely do not know what I'm going to do. Like I. I, I've been in school for two and a half years now. And Dude, I know. I know the feeling. It's just good to be done when you're done. Yeah, man. So we're going back. Last week we talked about what our favorite movies are. We're going back to what's one of our favorite TV shows. So, Thomas, what's one of your favorite TV shows? So I would have to say that when it goes to family, my kids love Star Wars. Mm, I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah, and so when Disney Plus rolled out and we <sighs> logged on to that. What a gift and then, from common grace from the Lord. <laughs> Disney Plus. Well, and then they rolled out The Mandalorian. It became one of our family favorites. Yes. Yeah, so The Mandalorian, man, we I could watch that probably 20 times. I've watched yeah. it through three times. Yeah. And that's why it's also my favorite show for this week. Because yeah. Thomas wrote it down and I was like, yeah, I'm copying you. And so, listen, y'all. It is what, especially these new Star Wars movies, like, they're okay. I don't really consider them. But they're, they're okay on their own, like, Stop messing with Star Wars, please. Yeah, yeah. The Mandalorian continues George Lucas's legacy because it feels like it's it's a space western. Man. It is about to say it's a sci-fi western. It's a sci-fi and it, and western. It even has the western sounds to it, yeah, you know, the, and, and, it's, and it has the the walk, the talk, mm-hmm. the the big long views that you see. The, the it's shooting, really good, man. The, the, the like shooting scenes, and and yeah. honestly, in a lot of ways, like it really is okay for kids to watch. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean the violence I, maybe some people wouldn't it, like, but it's not that bad. It's Star and, Wars violence. And to be honest with you, the I would even say that I love the fact that Mando, who's the, the main character, yeah. right, is basically the lone gunslinger. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I, I he's, he's struggling with his ethics. You know, in the beginning of this thing, and it's just really good, man. It's, it's a it's, great storyline. Great ethical dilemmas. Yeah. Um, great characters. I love that you don't really know who this guy is, and you don't really even see who this mm-hmm. guy is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's really good. And so, and see, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Just like I love the animated stuff too. Yeah. And so, like getting to see a Mandalorian like live action because, like, I mean, I knew what a Mandalorian was because of the Clone Wars animated series. Right. And so when I saw like a live, act, I was like, oh. Well, and most people don't know what a Mandalorian is. So if you remember the old Star Wars, mm-hmm. it's Boba Fett. Well, Boba Fett. Well, 
We can go well, into the lore. He wasn't really a Mandalorian. Right, but Boba Fett was he a bounty stole, hunter. Yeah, he stole the Mandalorian armor. Yeah, yeah. He, he was what you would think of those Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you, when you see the armor, when you see the mask, it's it a is, bounty hunter. Yeah, it's a bounty yeah. hunter. It's somebody yeah. that, that's what their race does. And so, um, who are you worshiping with this week? I could go, I could, I could literally talk about Star Wars all day long. Yeah, we, so yeah, we if, if I got Luke Parker in here, this would totally derail this entire thing. <laughs> I like, mean, him, like, we, we annoy Olivia so bad because we just go off on these tangents. So, who are you worshiping with? Uh, so you guys have heard me say this before, probably. I'm not sure about this particular song, but Isla Vista Worship. I Love Vista Worship with Mark Barlow is a featured guest on this song. Uh, the song is 814. The number is 814. Mm-hmm. It's in this uh, album called Soul Hymns. And uh, it's just a kind of a, I don't know, a poppy soul kind of hymn thing going yeah. on. It's just really good, man. So pretty funny. Um, I actually found this song the other day on the disc golf course. Um, so I have a Spotify playlist called Disc Gold. You know, it's just what I listen to. <laughs> uh, it, it was a typo. I meant to type in disc golf, but it typed in disc gold. And I was like. I kind of like the way that sounds. Yeah. And so um, at the bottom of Spotify, it says recommended songs. And I was like, oh, and I click on them every now and then. And this was the song that popped up. Oh, yeah. And I like good. clicked on it. And I was like, gosh, this song, this is a good, just it's it's a chill, groove, laid back, yeah. like really best worshipful. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a really good, really awesome song. Oh, I put down, oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, no, I was just I like it a lot. Oh, yeah, really good. good. Um, I put down um, Audrey Asad, uh, Be Thou My Vision. Um, Audrey Asad, I, I, don't, I don't even think she's. She has a Catholic background, if I'm not mistaken. I think she came out of Catholicism, though. But anyway, really, really, really kind of a haunting voice, like really deep, really you yeah. know, soulful. Um, oh, that's good. I wouldn't even, you know, not in really the soul tradition, but, you know, just kind of like this, like, I mean, it's, I don't know, just go listen to it. I would encourage you. I mean, I don't know how to describe Audrey Assad outside of, I actually found her um, through the Gospel Coalition playlist mm-hmm. uh, that when we went to uh, Conversations with Jesus two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, they had her on the playlist. I was like, man, I'm going to check her out. I really, I really want to listen to it. And I love her stuff. And her song, Be Thou My Vision, which is her most listened to song. I would encourage you, go listen to it. I listened to it the other day, just kind of in a moment of prayer. And it was just really good. What about for uh, reading, man? What are you reading? Oh, man, I am, okay, so kind of piggybacking off of uh, the book Sapiens, which I, re- which I was reading last week. Um, I found this book as well. It's by Tom Holland. Now, not Tom Holland who plays Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> the other day I told uh, told Luke, I was like, hey, man, I'm reading this book by Tom Holland. He's like, Spider-Man wrote a book? I'm like, no, not, not that. <laughs> not, not, not the new Spider-Man. Uh, historian Tom Holland. He wrote this book called Dominion, How the Making of the Western Mind. Essentially, where Sapiens is more of an atheistic view of history, the Dominion is about Christian history, like how Christians have literally impacted all of the Western mind. Um, and I mean, you will have dominion. I mean, that's what yeah. Genesis says. And so it's this atheistic secularist historian writing about the impact of Christianity on everyone and even shows how like even the left and their ethics doesn't realize how Christian they're actually thinking. Oh, yeah. And so it's really, really interesting to read this guy's perspective on Christianity. And so um, I saw I, it popped up as like a recommended read when I bought the Sapiens book on Amazon. So I just bought them both. And yeah. so I'm reading it on my Kindle right now. Really enjoying it. And so it's a really good, good book. What about you? Yeah. So I'm refreshingly reading The School Revolution by Ron Paul. When I saw Ron Paul in here, I was like, Ron Paul. <laughs> there we go. Libertarian yeah. candidate from way back you when. You know, like for, there's a few things I disagree with Ron Paul on, but I really liked a lot of the stuff that he came like forward with. When he was running for president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rand is a good guy too. But Ron Paul's mind on education mm-hmm. is really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it differs a lot with what the mainstream is, but really good. In fact, most people don't know, but Ron Paul headed up a uh, endeavor to create a homeschool curriculum that's really pretty good. It's really yeah. geared towards older kids, but um, it's really good stuff, fast paced, and the kids that go through it that I understand do pretty well. For sure. But um, it's just about 
kind of how school has been and why it's been the way it is and then how it's changing. And so uh, with what we're going through right now is so many people deciding all of a sudden to go homeschool yeah. or schooling from home because they have to. Yeah, the virtual right schooling and all that stuff. And yep. so th- this was just a good refreshing kind of book to kind of rethink this stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'd never read this book. I looked it up and I was like, oh, that looks really interesting. And, you know, me having a background in education, I'm always looking sure. to grab stuff up. So I may grab that one up and see what happens. It's so. a good book. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's like, something right home about necessarily it's just a good book yeah, yeah. and so just um not like a not a classic but something yeah, to read sure. yeah so yeah. some challenging views on but speaking of classics yeah what's what, a book everyone needs to read so yeah what'd you put down well i didn't put a classic and so i actually put a book on productivity because i think that uh, i'm just gonna be real with y'all a lot of at the beginning of covid and when all this stuff like i felt my productivity was like we joke around and called it the red line unit i mean because that's, that's when I mean, we were like my red line unit he's talking about uh, the, a couple of us that were just busting chops, uh, like mean, 60 it, to 70 hours a week, week when all I mean, this just, happened to, it was, to shift and become a better equipping church. I mean, you know, nonstop. And so now, though, I mean, we've kind of settled into some rhythms. We're kind of back into, you know, more of a normal, you know, 40 to 55 hour, you know, I mean, me and you yeah. were working at home all the time. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but this book was one that I read before the pandemic about two years ago. It's called Do More Better by Tim Challies. Um, it's a book that's literally about nothing about productivity helping helping you out to be more productive ways to read your email to be more productive i mean it is a pure office productivity book and so i would encourage you to um if you're interested in that kind of stuff read it um it's a i think everyone needs to read it i gave this to a student pastor buddy of mine when he first started in full-time ministry and it revolutionized the way that he did ministry and so i would really encourage you do more better it's really short you can read it in one sitting probably take about an hour to read it and so um, what about you, Thomas? So today I'm promoting a uh, an author that a lot of you know I love, J.C. Ryle. He's got this little bitty book. It's like 75 pages long called Thoughts for Young Men. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it's just got four chapters. The chapters say things like general reasons for exhorting or encouraging young men, special dangers to young men, general counsels for young men, special rules for young men. Um, I would say that if, if you are a guy, you should read this book, period, yeah. no matter how old you are. And then if you have a guy in your family, especially a child or a grandchild, you should get them this book. Once they get to like teenage years, they need to read this book. They, you, you should instill these things in them before then, but they need to read this as well. It's yep. just a really good, short, succinct book by J.C. Rowell, one of my favorite Puritan guys. When, you, when I got on the show notes, uh, one of my friends actually posted a uh, picture of the same book that you have right there, like the same as I published and everything. Right. Um, on his Instagram, I was like, "Hey, every man needs to read this." Yeah, and I mean, I mean, it's just a great book. It is, man. It's short, yeah, sweet, really short you can, for dudes. You can read it in one sitting. It's yeah, J.C. Yeah. Ryle, man. Everything that that dude writes is he's like the perfect intro to Puritan guys yeah. because he's a Puritan writer, preacher, thinker in late Puritan. Like yeah. he's not, he's not like in the early, like in the early to mid Puritans that are like you sit there and read and you're going, "Gosh, what is this guy talking about?" Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Know? That's the thing I was gonna say is that he's so easy to read mm-hmm. comparatively. Yes. So that's why he's a he's a great. I, I, he might might be the the gateway drug to Puritan yeah. reading. What was what, what's the book that he wrote on uh, the thoughts on preaching or yeah he's simplicity thought, simplicity and preaching simplicity and preaching Sim- yes, and then there's some other was, classics that have been yeah. compiled that Dude, deal with his doctrines and stuff that he read wrote about those books in just one sitting because yeah. I mean, the way he writes is just so readable yeah. and, and that's and that's the thing I appreciate about you know J C Ryle especially yeah. I didn't read a lot of J C Ryle until you came came along and mm-hmm. then I started reading him I was like man I really appreciate his theology and and I love his commentary stuff yeah it, it's just like thoughts on John or thoughts on Matthew and he has really good insight it's more than thoughts it's a Puritan so he he writes in depth on stuff but he's more succinct than a lot of other guys that are Puritans. Nice. So, yeah. Well, um, let's talk about this today. Um, so, especially in this season, um, 
we've seen some growth here at 12th Street. Yeah. You know, we've seen some growth in, here at 12th Street. But one thing I've appreciated in my five years of ministry here um, is that our church has grown slowly. Now, a lot of you are sitting there going, what do you mean it's grown slowly? Well, you know, like we don't, we haven't like seen like 400 members show up on like a Tuesday afternoon, right. you know, like, right. you know, like you read some churches that do that, which is wonderful, right? But I would argue that slow growth is better than a very quick, fast growth. Would you agree with that, Thomas? Yeah, I think so in general. Uh, uh, most times across yeah. the board, I would say yes. Yeah, yeah, most times. I mean, I mean, there are different cases. Like, you know, you see like um, J.D. J.D. Greer's church, the Summit Church, where like a couple of college kids showed up on a Sunday morning, and the next thing you know, 150 college kids showed up the next yeah, week, and then right. it just kind of just grew from there to where now it's a 12,000-member church, yeah, yeah. which is astronomical that's that's incredible the lord has blessed that in the middle of the tri-cities though the tech region you know what and, I mean? like and, it's a yeah i mean there's phenomenon. just different context but in my experience even in ministry i mean when i first came to 12th street student ministry i'll never forget we had a wednesday when i first came we had like 65 kids on a wednesday night but then we had like a crazy season where like we had this big event that our church did and like it we everybody in the church kind of stopped their programs and then the wednesday night we came back we had 16 kids mm-hmm. And I remember being so depressed because I found my value. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, I mean, 65 to 16, sure. is a huge drop. And so um, I had a mentor come alongside me. I mean, to say, hey, man, listen, focus on the 16. Focus on like, like equip these 16. And so what happened was, was now we've grown slowly for the past five years to now where I feel like we have a more grounded student ministry to where we just graduated yeah. out our largest senior class in I don't even know how long. And I mean, it was, and those were the kids that we were a part of the 16. Sure. And so I think that, that slow growth helps you to focus in on gospel-centered things and all those things. So let's talk about slow growth, if that's sure. cool with you today, Thomas. Yeah, man, it's good. So um, let's read this passage of Scripture from Matthew chapter 16 today. It says this, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Yeah, what a great passage, man. Dude, I love that. What a a misunderstood passage by so many different groups. Yes. I mean, uh, we were talking about this earlier. I literally asked Thomas as he was putting this in the show notes. I said, hey, what's your... Hey, what 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 does what Jesus build this rock on, man? Yeah. Like, like what's Jesus <laughs> That's build? That's the question. Because because I mean, our, because like you know, you may have Catholic friends that would say. It's built on Peter. It's built on Peter. That he is the rock. He is right? the rock. And that's yeah. why when you see, like, you know, you hear, like, you know, those jokes, Peter sitting at the gates of heaven. Yeah. Because yep. he has the keys that were given to him and all this stuff right. at this moment. Not necessarily. No, like, I don't think that's a good interpretation. Either. No, it's, and, and so. especially when you go down to the Greek. So, Thomas, like, break down the Greek for, like, yeah, it's, it's really so interesting. So the real simple way to talk about it is simply that when he, when he says, and I tell you, you are Peter, he's saying you are Petra, which is kind of like Little Rock. Okay, yeah, Petra with an A at the end. Yeah. If you're going to transliterate, and on this rock, and he uses Petros, and it's like this giant kind of bigger kind of idea of Broder, rock. Yeah. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he's kind of pointing out like you are a rock, and that's kind of the name of Peter. It just means like your rocks. So everybody knew that'd be the joke that like Dwayne Johnson. The rock. Yeah, like, exactly. So, so, so. exactly. You <laughs> so, smell what so, the rock so, is so, cooking. So when you imagine Peter, imagine Dwayne Johnson. I'm sure when Peter was sitting on the side of the shore cooking fish, he was always saying, "You smell what the rock is cooking." That's where it comes from. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly here, right? So Jesus is kind of saying, yeah, you're little rock, 
but on this rock. Yes. And so the the kind of the Protestant side of things would say you're talking about his confession that Jesus is the Christ, or even as we talked about earlier, yeah. which I don't think is much different, mm. that he's, Jesus is saying, "I am the rock." On this rock, the fact that yeah. I'm the Christ. This is the rock upon which I will build my church. And when you go to Ephesians chapter two, when you see that Christ is the cornerstone, exactly. You yeah. know, and I mean, and and that, I mean, even the Ephesus language, you know, where they were building temples in yeah, Ephesus. First and all Peter, this. same I mean, thing. Yeah, First yeah. Peter. I mean, you're working through that on the daily podcast. Right. Which plug? Go check out Twelfth Street Daily. Great podcast for your daily just devotional thoughts. Yeah, three to five minute hit in the mornings. It, it's wonderful, and yeah. so um, I've been listening to it ever since it started. So really enjoy it. But anyway, so you're one um, of the five. Great. Yes. And so um, get on that, y'all. But um, how does this passage, though, apply to church growth? Let me ask you that. Yeah. So, I I mean, the idea here is that we don't build the church. Yes. That's the idea. We don't build the church. Now, we can do things that will get a lot of people here. I mean, I I could do a lot of things that would get people to show up at this church. Yes. You want to have a growing season in this church? Let's have a sermon series on sex. Yep. Okay, people will come to hear about or that. Or the end times. Or the end times, right? Uh, let, let's have some You conflict. would blow the church up if you could find that up and right. have a sex in the end times Let's series. figure out some way to make a viral video out of a sermon part moment, yeah. and let's get that going through Facebook, and mm-hmm. we'll have people show up at the church. I mean, we can manufacture numbers, yes. but when we want to see real growth, then we have to recognize that God himself is the one who grows this church. And so this is really important that way. And so, so is John 12, 32 through 33. Jesus says, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And it says he said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So when Jesus was lifted up on the cross, he will, he will draw. Okay? Yes. Not that they will be drawn on their own or some you know weird, we don't know what happens thing. I will draw all people to myself. Mm-hmm. So God himself is the one who will build his church. He's the one that draws people in. And so we need to recognize that before we can even talk about church growth. Yes. Because otherwise we could get ourselves caught up in a lot of quick, like, you know, put in quotes, get rich schemes. Yes. Get big schemes um, that will not be gospel centered, not will be, will not be real church growth. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the problem is, is that we adopt this once again, going back to our podcast about Western mindset, yeah. we adopt this Western corporate marketing scheme yep. that we, if we, we try to figure out how to market our church in a way that attracts people, which there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I, I mean, don't, we do that still. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I mean, we do that. I mean, we make graphics. We do. We make videos. We do those things. But the problem is, is that when that replaces yeah. the so drawing factor, which when it replaces Jesus. Here's an example of that. So we, what you see around when you look at people, so the biggest churches that are growing and blowing, most of them in the U.S. Uh, or in the West, are going to have sermon series that are addressing felt needs. Mm-hmm. But they are not usually very true to the text of the Bible. So they mix things up. They kind of are real, you know, they take a lot of liberality with how they interpret mm-hmm. scriptures. What we do is we say, hey, let's look at where people need to grow in their faith. Let's create a, a kind of a surface that feels like you're meeting felt needs, but let the scriptures, we, we preach expositionally, let the scripture speak for itself and that Jesus is always the hero. And so, yeah, we still use these things we learn about yeah. marketing and that kind of thing, but that's we're not using that to grow the church in a way that supersedes what the what God's going to do through his word. Exactly. Through the gospel. I mean, I mean the, the, the word will grow the church. Yes. 
I mean, um, John Piper had this really funny thing at T4G this year that was online where he said, you know, should I wear ripped jeans and da 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 like and make all the, like all this stuff. <laughs> It'd be so funny to see John Piper in ripped jeans. <laughs> and Mark Dever, Mark Dever, it was so funny, man. Roasted him was like he said, he said, John, it's not funny when you're sarcastic. Yeah, like, 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 he just said it so in the Mark. <laughs> It'd Dever be funny voice. to see Mark Dever in some jean shorts. Oh, oh bro, you know what I mean, like Gosh, never happened. Yeah, it never happened. Yeah. But but John Piper <laughs> essentially says. The way I had young people come to my church was I preached the word. Yeah, man. I mean, the word will grow the church, and that's the culture's telling us that people are really hungry for spiritual spirituality, spiritual yes. things. They 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 do not like the church mm-hmm. because the church has over and over again shown itself to be basically not what it preaches. Yes, and so they're they're disenfranchised, disenchanted with the church. But if we preach the gospel and give a steady diet of truth yes. where Jesus is the hero, which is the ultimate reason why he's the hero in all of scripture, we have to do that, then God will grow his church. When, when his time is right and his power and his ability, whatever level he thinks it needs to be. And here's the real truth. If this church needs to stay where it is or even diminish because God wants it to, then that's what we need to be satisfied with. Come on. Right. Yeah, that's really hard truth, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, it's a truth that we need to swallow. And so many times we try to manufacture. I mean, church growth or even like a revival is another way. Yeah, that, you yeah, know, yeah. Southern, uh, you know, I like, I like you saying restoration, but I revival. Revival. Yeah. <laughs> you can't revival if you've never been revivaled. You know what I mean? <laughs> but in a lot of ways, that was good. I like it. Um, in a lot of ways, we try to manufacture church growth and revival and all this. But God is the one who brings that. Right. Like, like he is the, the spirit blows where he pleases. I yep. mean, I mean, that's what John three says. And yep. so we trust yep. in the Lord. And so um, the first thing we want to talk about, especially when it comes to slow church growth, and we're going to refer to it as quality growth because I'm yeah. from here on out. Yeah. Quality growth is better than quantity growth. Why do you say that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of an obvious in a lot of ways, right? If you just have a lot of people showing up, if you're an inch deep and a mile wide, then you're not producing people that are going to be equippers. The yeah. job of our church leadership is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Yes. And so if we're not equipping people to grow in their faith, to feed themselves, to feed others, to make disciples who make disciples, then we have failed. Yeah. Um, that's The model of the church is not to get a bunch of people in the room. Yeah. The model of the church is to make disciples who make disciples. Which is, I mean, which is where I think a lot of like, this is like a super like 2000s word, seeker sensitive, yeah, you know, like, yeah, which yeah. we don't see that a lot anymore. I mean, we see like the remnants of it. Yeah. Um, but seeker sensitive, models of churches you know i think that those even though the heart is good behind it you know getting people in the door and kind of having this really informal membership and all those things one of the biggest ones in the united states their big phrase they still use is invest and invite yes okay so invest your life in someone else really good thing yeah. and invite them to church really good thing but that's not the end of your responsibility mm-hmm. as a disciple maker. No. I mean, you're to be making disciples for the rest of your life and all these things. Yep. And, and it's not just about inviting someone to a building, which I think that the COVID-19 pandemic has really helped yeah, us yeah, to yeah, emphasize sure. this. And so sure. um, how about this one? Quality growth is more likely to be longer lasting. Well, again, the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's the, the, the adage that if you, if you give a guy a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach him how to fish, you feed him for the rest of his yeah. life. And so our job is to equip people to feed themselves, to, to feast on the word, feast on Jesus, and then to help others do the same. And so it's going to be longer lasting because it's going to be generational. Yeah. You know, Paul talks to Timothy and says, take what I've given you and invest it in other men who will invest it in other men. Mm-hmm. He talks about four generations in basically one sentence yes. about what it looks like to be disciple makers. And, and I mean, if you even think about how the church got here to where we are, Yep. It's because of that same model, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, yep. I mean, and and 
number one, the church is not going to fail. So it doesn't, I mean, we get, we need to realize that, but right. y'all like when we think about quality growth and like these things, it's so much longer lasting because what happens is, is somebody buys it and then their children will buy into it then their children will buy into it. And then their family members will buy into it. And even their friends could buy into it. And the, the family grows when there's quality. I mean, just going back to, I mean, talking about parables, talking about the parable of the sower, you yeah, know, which is the yeah. one that grows. Yeah, yeah. It's the one that lands in the good soil, yeah. you know, and even and even then some grow better than others. Yeah. And it's because of the rootedness in Christ. And Being so, rooted and grounded in Christ's mm-hmm. love. Right? And so, I mean, and that man, the sower threw out a lot of seeds. If you read that parable, yeah, I mean, man. threw out a lot yeah. of seeds. And so um, how about this one? Quality growth is more likely to produce exponential growth. Well, there again, uh, you know, if I if all I'm doing is getting people to bring people to me on Sunday mornings to hear me preach, we can only grow as fast as our room will allow and only as fast as people make new friends um, and and bring them in for that way. But it's just like there's there's this old thing you ask your kids, would you rather have, you know, 300 pennies now or a penny a day, you know, and, and every day you multiply that penny times that number for the next 30 days. Yeah. And you get to like having like a million dollars, you know. And so exponential growth is only going to happen when you build people who will build people. Yeah. And that takes time. And yes. it means their quality and they're reproducing. Mm-hmm. So if you pour yourself into five people and two of those people become disciple makers in the first why would we even think we could do it faster than Jesus, right? If two of those people become disciple makers in three years then they begin to pour into five people and two of those become disciple makers within the next three years. Over time, you're going to see exponential growth in yeah. ways you could never have imagined. Yeah, uh, Robbie Galati, um, who's a you know, pastor we enjoy, we like up in Nashville, he's a yeah. long Hollow Baptist. When he was at Brainerd in Chattanooga, he actually came and spoke at a D-NOW here in Etowah County. Yeah. And uh, nobody went to his breakout session. It was like me and like two other guys. And so um, he was actually writing a book on disciple making. Yep which yep. we now have. It's a really good book. Um, yeah. I have like this, this document that was the baby part of this book. Wasn't it? Is it replicate? Isn't that it? Replicate? I'm trying it's, to look for it on my shelf. Yeah. He, he, he's looking right now. I think it's replicate. Don't like, don't anyway, go look up his, just, just Google it. Um, growing up, how to be a disciple and make disciples. That's one of them. Yeah. Um, he has a great one on reading the Bible called here as well. That's really good. Um, but replicate ministries. That's the name of the ministry. All right. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, I have like the, the foundation document. Like, I mean, I can search my email and it goes back to 2012 when I sat there and listened to this and he talks about growth by addition versus growth by multiplication, which is what Thomas is talking about. An evangelist, if they go out and evangelize one person a day, you know, addition is going to grow quicker for a season. Yep. But multiplication, somebody who makes disciples says, I'm going to commit two years or three years of my life to this person. After X amount of years, like 20 years down the road. Yep. The evangelist who's reaching one person a day for the gospel, man, their growth is now slowed because they're only reaching one person for the, one person for this. The multiplier has started a, a family tree of disciples that is continuing on and on and on. And I think that that's what we need to worry about. We don't need to worry about addition. We need to worry about multiplication. How yep. can you sell division? How can we grow this body? Well, and here's something to recognize as well. We we ask God to bless our church, to grow this church, and we often are worried about our budgets. We're worried about you know how we look in the community. But here's the, the real truth is, if you go back and read stuff like the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, verse 14 through mm-hmm. 30, what we see is, is that the, the ones who were faithful are the ones who invested and took risk in order to see growth for what God had given them. And some of them saw not so big growth, but they still saw growth. Yeah, they had two talents. They came back with four. Mm-hmm. That's they, all. They, they had five talents. They came back Over with ten. ten. Mm-hmm. Okay, And then you had the one guy who had one talent 
and didn't do the talent's like a, a, a amount of money. He didn't invest. He went and buried it in the ground because he's afraid. Yeah. And uh, God not only chastises him, but throws him into hell. Yeah. <laughs> because he wasted what he had given him, which says, really, you weren't mine. You thought I was this mean, evil guy. Yeah. And you're worried about losing the one talent. You should have invested it like the others and done something with it. And so here's the thing. If we as the church are not willing to take bold, prayerful risks in order to see the kingdom impacted yes. by us, we will not see quality growth here. Mm-hmm. And, and God will not bless it. And so we must be willing to take the chances that are there to invest in new ministries, new ideas, to get outside the box. Otherwise, God is not going to use us to impact this community because we're not willing to be obedient. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And I think that that's the thing. I, I think that what happens is, is we get so stuck on this idea that our churches have to grow so fast. Yeah. But brothers and sisters, if we invi- if we invest in the gospel, yep. I mean, if we invest in people and say, you know what, I'm just going to live my life alongside these people, your impact for the kingdom will be longer lasting yep. than what any building can be filled with. Yep. And that's what we need to realize. And that's where we see the end note here, mm-hmm. that truly faithful churches of whatever size are beautiful. Yeah, I mean. You know, and a lot of guys like these pastors. Um, there's a book by um, D.A. Carson uh, that uh, was talking about his dad named Tom, if I'm not mistaken, um, and how his dad pastored a small church his whole life. Um, but did not find his value in the size of the church, but in the quality of the work that God had called him to, which is disciple-making endeavors, no matter how many people there are in the servant mindset of being a shepherd. Yeah. And so we've got to get our minds wrapped around what is God opening up opportunities for us to do and find glory in serving him wherever that is, yeah. and then hope and yearn and pray for growth, but really just to pray that we would all be faithful and obedient. Just be faithful. I mean, and that's the thing about Etowah County, right? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the churches around our county, we have some churches that are smaller. I mean, like, and when I say smaller, I mean like 10, 15 members, yeah. you know, and then we have churches like ours that are more like a normative sized church, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, in the Southern Baptist Convention, um, you know, pre-COVID we were, we were bumping it, you know, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, sure. um, and now we're in this weird season. Um, but then like, you know, we even have a church in town that, gosh, they're bringing in thousand plus every week, you know? Our prayer for every church that carries the name of Jesus as underneath the banner of Jesus is that they are faithful and obedient. Yep. Faithful and obedient to him, to his word, and living by the Spirit. And when we when we get so focused on, well, that church over there, that's what they're doing to reach people. Well, that's what they're doing, and, and, yep. and they're doing this. Don't give in to the Western marketing schemes. Give in to Jesus. Yep. I mean, give your life to Jesus and then worry about what he says. Well, to grow spend your time seeking the Lord, asking him what he wants you to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm, we're in the middle right now of recruiting some new leaders um, for our church. And part of that process is having a conversation. I'm, talk, I'm calling, talking to guys. And when I say, hey, would you be willing to serve? What I love to hear, and it's few and far between, honestly, what I love to hear is, you know what? Let me seek the Lord on that. Hey, I'm going to fast, pray, include my wife in this. We're going to seek the Lord, seek wise counsel, and then we'll make a decision based off what God tells us to do. Yeah, that if we would just be faithful, believe that God will do that, and then be obedient. Yes, then then we're going to see the growth that He wants us to have. Yeah, and that's the quality growth that we seek, right? Yeah. I mean, that we seek somebody who is growing in the Lord in such a way that they say, you know what? Before I take a step forward, yeah, let me pray. Yep, exactly. Let me pray. Right? Yeah. Let let me seek the Lord. And so, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning into this conversation. It's been a lot of fun um, talking about this. Um, hey, and we're still working through your Q&A session. Uh, once again, some of those questions that y'all asked, we're going to have to dedicate a whole episode to. So we're going to get to those ASAP. We've been working through all those. And so please tune back in next week to the ReChurch Podcast. Tell a friend about it, and uh, we will see you all next week. Peace out.